Hello out there and welcome. My name is Sharon Froshen. I am the Chief Operating Officer of the Discover Your Path You platform, where we believe that every life can teach and everyone can grow. To that end, I am also the host of this show, The Connection Sessions, where we bring together practitioners, artists, marketers, entrepreneurs, spiritualists, mentors, and students in an effort to create community, connect to community, learn from each other, and grow. Today, I have with me somebody that I know every single one of us who is on Facebook can relate to and can learn from. I have with me Sandra Mehta, who is a mindfulness and productivity coach. And the thing that Sandra focuses on is the anxiety of this information overload age and the ways in which we can implement in a responsible way productivity tools and other measures to help us deal with all of the information that is going on around us and being able to harness it in a way that helps us and helps our clients. So Sandra, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. If you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience just a little bit about how you got into life coaching and what, what caused you, what drew you to focusing on productivity and in the information age. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sharon, for having me on today. I'm really, really happy to be here with you and with all of you. Um, uh, so my journey into coaching started about 10 years ago when I left corporate America to um, basically look after my family a little bit because we, we made that decision um, together. We were um, my partner and I, we were both working, we had a child, we have a child, um, and we were just feeling overwhelmed with both of us commuting, and we just felt like we were coming home, and there was, you know, an empty, cold home that we struggled to um, feel connected with. It just felt like a place where we went to sleep at night, and then we'd wake up in the morning, you know, you do the morning routine run my daughter to the daycare and you know you go through your whole day and you're battling traffic on your way home pick up something at a takeout window get home eat it in front of the couch and then um the weekends were just all about trying to recover from the week recover and i use that in air quotes because <laughs> that was when you do laundry and errands and buy that birthday gift and go get your flu shot right you got to cram all that stuff into two days and before you know it sunday night is there it is it's barreling down on you got another long week ahead and they're just we found like we were we were gaining weight we were eating unhealthy meals we I, I found myself um buying a bunch of groceries every weekend with this like this is gonna be the week we're gonna <laughs> and I'm gonna do a meal plan and so I'd go and do all the grocery shopping and put it all in the fridge and then the next week I'd literally throw all that stuff out because it had gone bad because you know, I had a lot of good intentions. So what led me to coaching was that's where I came from, um, a life of a lot of good intentions and certainly having a really good, pure heart, which I think I have and I think everyone has. We have yeah. the, these dreams and these hopes and these aspirations for ourselves and for our, our relationship with our partner and our relationship with our family. And unfortunately, um, some of us, for me, I didn't have the tools. I, I wasn't provided the tools in my childhood to communicate effectively, to plan effectively, to um, be able to set goals. And not only to set goals, to know that it was good for me to set goals. It was great for me to ask myself what I wanted, to look within my heart and my spirit and say, 
what would make me happy here? And none of that was laid out for me. And then the, the critical piece for me became watching the patterns in my life and in my family's life and realizing, oh, we're trying our best. We really, really are. We mean well. Um, but we're not executing. And so what's the missing piece? And so we sat down and my partner and I, we talked about it and we said, look, um, let's do the math. And you know what? We did the math and it turns out that I was basically paying to work. I, the time I paid taxes and childcare and meals out and commuting and lunches out because I didn't have time to prepare healthy meals. I wasn't, my take home pay wasn't all that much after all that. And we thought, what the heck are we even doing here? And so we did a lot of strategizing and we figured out a way we could fit our life into one income. And I made the decision to stay at home. And so since then, um, I've been on this long journey of development and growth and learning yeah. and continuously trying to make things better. And so that's kind of a, an underlying thing for our family. We really like to try to make things better. If something's not working, let's talk about it and let's try to make it better. And sometimes we do it and we hit it we hit it on the head and sometimes we don't, but it's the effort that's always there and living in consciousness. And so that's how I got to life coaching was I basically took a lot of the skills that I used in corporate America and I applied them in my home life in, in ways to organize, um, you know, our event planning and our meals and just basically running everything. Um, I have a project management background in my head. And so I just applied it to domestic life and it, it kind of worked. It actually kind of, seemingly work at least for us and I know for every family it's different and so um at one point I had people ask me well what is it you're doing how are you doing that oh that's really neat oh show me and that show me show me show me is what led me to coaching wow I one of my this gets me so excited Sandra because my favorite pardon my French fucking thing on earth is when you see a coach who is living what they coach because there are so many coaches that I see, they're all about mindfulness and they're all about, you know, light, love, fairy dust and unicorn farts. And then you meet them in person and they are the most uptight, cruel person that you could possibly imagine. And I love that your coaching literally get, became what you do in your own personal life and helping other people to figure that out. And even more so above and beyond that, that it was attraction rather than promotion for you, rather than you being out and promoting, hey, this is what I'm doing to all my friends. The change was so profound in you that people came to you and were like, what the hell are you doing, girl? Absolutely. And that's been kind of the fun part. And, you know, I've, I've had people tell me that also before, Sharon, that um, you walk the talk. Yeah. And so for me, that I never have to really, like, prepare for working with clients or prepare you know, I love it. Time. but I don't because I just, um, I say, look, what's going on here? I am. I'm present. You're present. Let's work through something together. And so there isn't this, like, I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not, I'm just being me. I'm living my life. And if, if it's working, it, I realize that everything, there's a solution, but it's different for everyone. Yeah. And the great part about being a coach is that I, I found a solution that worked for me and we found a solution that worked for our family. And I love to help people find what works for them because it's not going to be the same thing across the board. That's so true. And one of the most, just to me, heart wrenching things on earth is to see a coach with a great message and a great idea 
try and fit everybody into their idea instead of understanding that each client's going to be different and you're going to have to shape and mold that idea to fit your client. You can't expect your client to climb in the box with you. So how is it just for those of uh, the audience that are watching that actually do deal with anxiety and with clients who are struggling to kind of get back on the beam? How, how is it that you help tailor your approach to the individual client? So I think that's a lovely question. Thank you for asking. I, of course. I'm dying to hear the answer. Oh, well, well here's the, the weird thing about me. Just a little sidestep before I answer your question. I'm sort of what they call a jack of all trades or a jill of all trades, if you will. I've, because of that meandering path that my life is taking, and I think for most part, um, everyone's life kind of takes us. We really don't live in a culture where people grow up, they have one job, they retire from that job, 50 years later, right? We all kind of change and grow in a couple of years. We try this and we try that and life gives us something we have to deal with. It forces us to learn lessons. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I've always um, valued, I guess, for, in myself is I, I am by nature an empath. And so that means that I take in a lot of information and, and, and energy and all of that kind of stuff. Um, for me, just for me, what was important was paying attention. And I do that quite a bit. So I pay attention to the details. I can't help it. I'm sort of hardwired to. Mm -hmm. And I pay attention then. And I realize that I can get overwhelmed by them. So I have to also protect my energy and my time, obviously, as well. Being an empath and those of you out there that are will certainly relate to that. Um, but because I paid attention and to the details, it, it it got me to the place in my life where I happened to be able to relate um, in, in a very like sincere way to many, many different types of people. Yeah. And, and remembering the lessons from all of the different experiences I had, I think for some, some, there's certainly been times in my life where something happened and you just want to forget it. You never want to think about it. <laughs> Um, and that's absolutely true. I had a day like that on Monday where it was just probably, I don't know if there was the energy in the air, but it felt like everyone I talked to was sort of experiencing that. Um, and that was a day I really wanted to forget. But most days at the end of the day, I try to ask myself, what have I learned? What have I grown? And it's because of that, that it allows me to create a space that's very relatable for uh, a spectrum of diversity and making myself available for for all kinds of different people. Now, so to answer your question, um, if people are really, really comfortable with technology, I can take that and run. If people are not very comfortable with technology, we can begin there. And ironically, in an age where we are so overloaded by information, which I think we can all sort of admit that we are, yes, um, Lord. If you're, if you're taking in too much news or too much social media or too much streaming online of anything, um, it's, it's, it's a bit much. I mean, if you want to look at one simple thing, like I want to fix the hinge on my door, well, you can just, you'll end up down the rabbit's hole, and you, right? And you look up and an hour's gone, and you think, well, I didn't fix my door, but I know a bunch of other stuff. Because but I know how to talk to a giraffe now. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And we're just, all this information is like, oh, you like this? You might also like this. Oh, you watch that? You might also like that. And you think, I, I might also like that. <laughs> and so um, we end up in this, like, really, like, radical living. And, and for me, 
it ironically, I think technology does offer some answers. So here's what I do is I help clients um, meet them where they are yes. and help them to use technology um, to, to kind of meter it. Like, let's find that needle and where does it need to go? Does it need to go to the left? Does it need to go right, up or down? Is it a 3D needle? Let's make, like, does it move in a sphere? And we find that space and where we can find the harmony so that, like, uh, from a productivity standpoint, um, it means creating ways to manage your calendar, sometimes sharing your calendar, streamlines things, right? Yeah. Using technology to work for us instead of we are sort of like slaves to it the other way around. And that's really how I would encapsulate how I find those solutions is it's very individual based. It's very customized. It's highly customized because everyone is coming from a different place. Wow. A great tagline for you would be finding the needle in the haystack. That's a great one. Yeah. 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 I mean, for, I know, I know what it, I know where um, information and technology fits into my life and how I had to sort of really wrestle it yeah. in place because I didn't want it to control me. And we know, like we absolutely know now that um, the amount of information and social media and sometimes that we, that we consume can lead to feelings of anxiety and depression. Crying our brain, yeah. Absolutely. And even that interconnectedness that, that we have I, I love to work with clients and, and, and help them in ways that makes them feel more human. Yeah. I, the great thing is, is that our chief technology officer is on the chat right now, and she is digging you, girl. Samantha D. is one of those people that, so for the board of directors for the Discover Your Path U, we are all highly empathic people in one way or another. And we go from being completely technologically challenged to Samantha D who could basically bring down an F-16 with a paperclip and a Tic Tac, right? So that's the, that's the range of technology. And she's, Hi, Samantha. she's a, she's an amazing lady who is just digging you. And the thing that I admire most about this woman is that she literally has in a short three months, she created an entire technological sphere around this board of directors using all kinds of different integrated tools, Trello, uh, I'm trying to think Slack, Facebook, Google Drives, Google Forms. She even has what she calls a wand waving request, which is if you want me to do something, do not put it in chat. You people fill out this form and send it to me. And the amazing amount of work that we, have an, we as an organization have been able to get done in such a short amount of time is 100% or 95% her because of her ability to take those technological productivity tools and use them in a way that helps us to streamline the fact that most of us are like, oh, look, a butterfly. And we get you know, lost in whatever it is that we're doing. So what are some of the tools that you help your clients find that help them kind of get back to that center again. So um, again, I, for me, it's finding people and meeting them right where they are. Yeah. I find that there's sort of this, um, not to oversimplify things or stereotype, but we do have, we're living at this really, really interesting cross section in our, in our history where um, some of us, I have a nephew who's two years old. He's never known a life without an iPad, right? Mm -hmm. I, 
I grew up in a time where I had a childhood where all my life wasn't on social media and it came into my life. And then if you are maybe closer to retirement age, then you haven't known technology your whole life. It came to you when you were um, in your, you know, your later years. And, your, and so um, everyone I do feel, no, let me take that back. Many people at every cross section are grappling with this idea of where does technology fit into our life? And if you're a two-year-old, you know, and you're a parent of a two-year-old, you have to figure out what is the limitations on screen time. If you're someone who's my age, you have to figure out how does, how am I affected by the amount of information that people are posting out there? And is that making me feel bad about my own life? Oh, if you're yeah. a grandparent, you're struggling with the fact that every few months, your grandkids are, are, oh, it's WhatsApp, now it's Snapchat, now it's Facebook, and, and trying to remain relevant and, and current in your own kids' and grandkids' lives, and struggling to, like, you have to pedal faster almost. They almost feel that stress. But there's stress at every cross-section of the population because this is something that we haven't really had before. Yeah. So the way that I like to help my clients kind of get their arms around it, if you will, is meeting them right where they are, is talking to them about, okay, what's your experience with technology, um, productivity, um, what's your processes like, and where do, you, where do you see yourself going? And oftentimes they'll say to me things like, um, you know, so I had a client who, had, who, who once told me that they weren't even comfortable attaching, they weren't comfortable attaching something to an email. And I thought, this seems like something that we do all the time. Some of us do all the time, but there are some people who are in that space. Mm -hmm. And so working with them right there, it's like, okay, let's, let's start with, you know, opening your email program. Let's start with what's the attachment you're trying to do. And then I have clients who are, um, who are, I've worked with people and I've talked to people who are in corporate America or whatever, and they're very used to using technology, but they're feeling like they can't unconnect, they can't disconnect from it. And so that becomes less about a tool and more about a um, process internally. So, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is the very tools that we began using to help us with our anxiety to help us schedule e more easily, to help us connect to our friends and family more easily, have now come full circle on us and become the very sources of our anxiety. My mother, for example, who is 71, working on 72, quickly identified with all of her children out of the house that we weren't gonna answer phone calls. We, we're all extremely busy people. We're out running around, we do things. And I, half the time I have my phone on mute because of the work that I do online. So she had to go out and get, she really didn't want a cell phone. She really didn't want an email account, but she went out and did that, like you said, to try and pedal and keep up with their kids. And until you said that, I never really thought at all about how stressful that must be for my parents who were born in the forties and most of their life hasn't been with technology. And, and I think that's, such a powerful message and honestly i would love to see you do a ted talk on that oh how sweet that's uh, that's i'm gonna i'm gonna write that i'm gonna make a note of that i'm uh it is something that uh i think a lot of people haven't some people haven't thought of it that way because we're kind of so yeah. busy wrapped up in our own speeds that to have a parent or a grandparent struggle um, like I said, with putting an attachment, you know, we're just going to be like, Hey, Sharon, just send that to me, just attach it, you know, and you know what that means. 
But if you say that to someone else, they may not know. And that may create like anxiety inside them. And then they may feel embarrassed and they may not want to ask, or they may feel like, oh, this is something I should know. And yeah, I mean, I see anxiety at every, I've seen it at every um, generational level. Like it's like at the, on the spectrum, I'm seeing it with my, with my, you know, nephews and who are really, really little. And if you take them away from the screen sometimes, you know, like, what does that mean? What, how do they feel about interacting with the world? Yeah. Um, you know, outside of the screen. Right. Um, or like I said, if you're, I have neighbors that are older that, you know, you just, you just throw something quick at them. Like, Oh, just that. And then, and people are like, I don't know what that means. And I don't know what to do about that, but we don't have a way to, um, address it. I mean, I don't see a lot of people talking about it. No, and in fact, the very prevalence of the technology and the social media kind of does what our society always does, which is we take a swath of it and just move them out to the outer edges of society. And as long as the overall portion of society is comfortable with what's going on and we don't have to think about the pain of these other people who are off on the sidelines, you know, kind of like in double dutch trying to figure out, okay, okay, any second I can jump back in. And the shame that that must cause, because we are a shame-ridden society to begin with. So the idea of the way that the entire freaking world is connecting now, and I'm not included. Right, right. And then if you look at the other range, you have children who are like preteens or in their tween years who are, you know, getting bullied online or are this constant. Yeah. We're, I, I, the, the, the struggles that I see, I see it across the board. And ironically, I do feel as a productivity coach, our way out of this is also through technology using, like technology isn't gonna go anywhere and I'm not a person who hates technology. I actually love technology, but I think there's a place for it. And if we're not, if we're not mindful of how we want to use it, it can end up using us. Yeah, I can see how hair of the dog that bit you would definitely create a solution here because we can't get rid of it. No. So how do we take it and in small portions make it the answer to our current problem? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a powerful message. And I love the empathic nature of you, Sandra, because there are so many productivity coaches and business coaches who, and I'm sure you've heard this before. And I, if, if you're an empath, it's anything like me. I see this and my heart just hurts that idea that, well, you need to make $40,000 a year and that's what we're going for. And the whole idea of actually providing a service that creates a substantial emotional, mental, or physical change in the life of just another human being, not a number, not a dollar sign, a freaking human being. And we get lost in how much money did I make? And then it becomes showing the other, you know, five figure coach up and what gets lost in all of that, all of it, Sandra is that human connection and the point of we're losing the ability to connect at the heart. Absolutely. And that's kind of really at the heart of where I'm at with my coaching and my, and my, and my desire to help people is that I'm seeing um, we've, we've sort of, 
we, we've been given these tools that were meant to, I'll take social media, for example, it's meant to connect us, you know, you and I can chat and we can be friends from across the world or whatever down the road. Um, and we feel like, oh, wow, look, you know, we have these, we have friendships and we have interconnections with other human beings, but somehow we're less connected and we're more, you know, anxious. If you talk to, you know, millennials, I don't really like to stereotype like all the different generations. And so I'm, I'm hesitant to do that. But if you talk to people who are maybe in their twenties and thirties right now, um, they are feeling this lack of connection and this um, anxiety that's being caused from, you know, maybe we're not, in, we're not um, communicating in the ways that human beings have communicated and um, we have this sort of uh, innate need to communicate that way. And we're not getting enough of that dose in our lives. And so, again, it's at every stratosphere. It's at every, le at every level of our society and every age group. Anxiety about the information, in, in anxiety about um, technology, you know, all of that, it, it exists. And I don't see a lot of people talking about it. But again, like you said, to your point, many, many productivity coaches. And that's why I very much hesitate to call myself that too a little bit. I'm still sort of working on that. I'm still massaging what that looks like. Yeah. And a lot of people, because there's this idea that I'm a business coach, I'm an executive coach, I'm a productivity coach. And it is about numbers, but numbers are great. There's a place for numbers. I believe in that too. But it isn't so much about the like, get, 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 go, go, go. Yeah. And for me, it is more about taking a step back and reminding ourselves, reminding myself what it means to be human, to be creative, to, yes. you know, to connect, to talk, to laugh, to, you know, touch somebody on the arm, you know, when they're sitting next to you versus like, you know, looking at our phones when we're across the table from each other. So yeah, just bringing people back to being what it means to be us and humans, yeah. because it's a really, really special, special thing, I think. Indeed. We are at the end of our half hour, but I am hoping, my love, that you might be willing to consider coming on and doing another interview specifically about your experience of different people's experience with technology. Because I think this is something that could be profoundly transformational for life coaches to be able to understand that perhaps a lot of the anxiety that your client is struggling with and is dealing with is technology based. And maybe there's a way for you just with your empathy and just showing up and being willing to even give voice to the problem and to say, Hey, I get it. I've been there. I understand can create a space for that client to change. Would you at all be willing to consider that? I'd love that. I'd be awesome. honored. Yeah. And the other thing is I am going to be dogging the hell out of you on that Ted talk. <laughs> Trust and believe I'm going to be like, are you on Ted talks yet? How about now? How about now? Because you have just an incredibly powerfully, powerful and heart-centered message that this world needs, my love. You Thank really you. do. Thank you. Thank so, you. I would love to join you again. And if there are coaches out there who are listening, um, I would encourage everyone to just, you know, when we, when we go through our, our um, uh, however you learned, to do what it is that you do, whether you took courses or you attended, you know, workshops or read books or just said, you know what, I'm going to help people. Um, one of the components that I haven't seen is the, what it feels like to live in the modern world. And you're right. A lot of people are coming to coaches with that, you know, exactly. that, that anxiety. And so, yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to continue the conversation. That would be, I think it would be 
fantastic for me because I just love talking to you, but also truly fantastic for coaches to get a broader understanding of their clients. I just want to take a moment and thank all of our viewers. You had quite a bit of viewers, sweetie. To Samantha, to Justin, to Ashley, to Monique, to, I, I'm losing track of all the people in here. Thank you, my loves, for joining us today. I know you guys got an amazing earful of good quality shit today. If you come by and you catch this good quality shit, that's what I'm talking about. If you come by and you catch this live after we're no longer live, please just drop us a hashtag replay and let us know that you were here. Let us start a conversation with you. And if you liked what you what Sandra had to say, which come on, guys, who wouldn't? All of her contact information is on this live. Reach out, reach out to her on her website. Reach out to her on her Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter. Get in touch with her and learn what makes this woman tick because Lord knows that we could all use a healthy, healthy dose of what she has going on. So guys, as always, you know I love you and we'll see you here tomorrow. Same place, same time. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Thank you, Sharon. My pleasure.